time. I, I ain't dissing Oprah, but I'm never on my own. But let me say this, I'ma live forever regardless how my doctor feels. Call it Willow Smith, my father's will. I seen the Lord, the same I'll never be. Some say they seen the Lord, but live on casually. I don't know what, what you saw, but the Lord ain't what you see. Amen. Whatever they said in that song. Don't, don't you have any songs with words to play? Anyway, I was sitting in the back room there, and I got a call from a woman that wanted prayer. She said that she was going in today for a C-section. I was actually born by a C-section. It never really affected me in my life, but when I go out my house, I always leave through the window. That's the only thing. Come on, that was funny. That was funny. See, that's what jealousy does to people. So, Pastor George has been doing a series called Best Practices, where we're speaking not just theologically trying to understand Scripture, but actually speaking about how to live out the Scripture so that we can have victory. So what I'm going to be speaking about today are best practices for your finances, how to prosper financially with your money, how to, how, how to live in the overflow of heaven. So I'm going to be speaking about a story from Matthew chapter 6, and the, the same story is told in John chapter 6, and it's about... One day when Jesus was preaching to about 500 men, and that, that doesn't include all the women and children, and it was getting late in the day, and they were in the middle of no place. It's not like you just go down the street to the McDonald's. There, there was nothing. So the disciples said, well, you better send these people out because they're going to be hungry and we don't have enough to give them. And here's what Jesus said, something very unusual. In Mark chapter 6, verse 37, Jesus said, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. They didn't have anything to give them to eat. But Jesus said, don't send those people home. You have enough to give them. And Jesus asked, well, what do you have? They said, we have five loaves and five fishes to feed 500, 500 men. Five loaves and two fishes, that's not even enough for me and Bert. Imagine, imagine trying to feed 500 people. With, with five loaves of bread and two fish. So, so here's what Jesus said. Verse 39. So I'm in Ma Matthew, Mark chapter 6, verse 39. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven he gave thanks 
and he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. I'm sorry, I said 500. It was 5,000. Imagine that. Jesus told them, you take those two low, five loaves of bread and the two fish and you feed them. And, and the people were astonished. They said, we can't do that. Do you know why? Because they didn't, they didn't know who God was. They walked with Jesus. They saw the miracles. They saw the dead raised. But they still didn't get it that God is a God of unlimited resources. There is no limitation in God. He's the God of more than enough. With God, there's always more than enough. There is no lack in God, but you got to believe it. See, they didn't believe it, and they said, well... We don't have enough money. They were thinking in the realm of the natural, but he is a supernatural God. And that's the realm as Christians that we live in. We're not limited by our bank account. You're not limited how, how much money you got right now in your pocket because God is totally unlimited. So what I want to speak about is how we can tap into that. How can we tap to come into a place in our life where we can live in that place of more than enough, that place where every need is provided in the overflow of heaven. So what was the first thing they did? We were taking bets how long it would take before I knocked the water over. You had to be here before to understand. The first thing that Jesus did was he took what he did have. He took the bread that he did have, he broke it, and he gave thanks to God. See, that's the first thing. If you want God to do more in your life, you, you want more blessings. You want to prosper in God, the first thing you got to do is give thanks for what you got right now. You see, if you're not content with what you have, you're not going to be content if somebody gave you a million dollars, right? Somebody could walk in, give you a mansion, a billion dollars, and it won't change anything if you're not content right now in who you are and who God is in you. See, that's what Paul said in the book of Philippians. He said, I've been rich and poor. There's times when I had a lot. There's times when, when I was hungry. But he said, here's the secret. The secret is, in all things, I'm content. If you don't believe me, put on the TV. Put on entertainment tonight. Access Hollywood, put on ESPN, 
And look what happens to all these billionaires with everything in the world. And almost every one of them has a broken marriage. Almost every one of them you hear about going into drug treatment, destroying their career. Why? Because money will not make you happy. I don't care how much you have. So if you want more from God, you got to do what Jesus did. You've got to thank him right now that you've got a roof over your head. That you've got food on your table and shoes on your feet. Do you know that if that's you, if you've got a place to live with running water, electricity, you've got money in your bank account, you are one of the 10% of the richest people in the world? See... The Bible says in everything we give them thanks. We give them thanks if it's a bowl of soup, if we're in the buffet, if we have a little, if we have a lot, we say, thank you, God. And that's when he'll begin to multiply. So the first thing is that we give him thanks. The second thing, they took a risk. Can you imagine taking two fishes and five loaves of bread and telling the 5,000 people, okay, they lined them all up. Let's get ready. We're going to feed you all. They had to take a risk to do that. See, sometimes you got to, in God, you have to step out of your comfort zone. Sometimes you can't settle for the easy way. Sometimes God might be leading you to start a business, but you want to stay in that place of comfort. So many of, so many of God's people live underneath of, of what he has. So, ma so many don't never fulfill the calling. You've got talents in you. You've got gifts in you. You've got passion in you. Stop settling for that little comfortable place. You know that life is more than a paycheck. Sometimes you got to break out. Sometimes you got to go back to school. Even, even if you're fear, afraid of failing, without risk in the kingdom of heaven, not a lot happens. It's not about being in my comfort zone. But if, if God leads you, you, you need to follow the gifting, the, the dreams that he's given you, the passion. Sometimes you've got to step out of the place that you're in. Sometimes people go into careers because of their parents. They said, you, maybe you had a dream to be in design or fashion, and your parents pushed you into a government job. Oh, this will be safe. We're not called to live safe. We're not called to be reckless so we don't just do anything in our own will. But when God leads, we step out. And do you know that he will bless you? And do you know that your past doesn't limit you? If you grew up in poverty, that you don't have to live in poverty anymore. 
If poverty is your comfort zone, we're breaking that off right now in Jesus' name. I break that poverty spirit, that poverty mindset off of your life right now in Jesus' name. If you live in a place of lack where there's never enough and that's the way that you grew up, you know what happens? That's what you begin to expect in life. I want you to begin to expect blessing, prosperity. Get the idea out of your head that there's something holy about being poor. There's nothing holy about being rich or poor. So in Jesus' name, we say that spirit of poverty is broken off of your life right now. In Jesus' name. The next, the next principle was that they believed God for what they needed. There was no way that, that they could feed all those people. There was no way that they could get enough money, but they, they refused to just pull out their credit cards. See, it's a lot easier, right? Well, there's a need, so let me, let me just go into debt. According, if you read through the book of Proverbs, debt will kill you. It will kill your finances, your dreams. You know what it says in Proverbs? That the borrower is the slave to the lender. And I know that's true from back in the day, getting call after call from, from credit card companies that I'm late with the payment. They call me at work. They call Sunday night at 10 o'clock when I, when I wouldn't expect it. See, we need to believe God instead of automatically going into debt. It doesn't mean that debt is always wrong, but, but if you're going to buy something, you need to know that you have the money to pay it back. You, it's okay to buy a car and pay it off, to buy a house. We're paying off this building. But you've got to know that you can pay it back. It, that's the biggest stealer of prosperity and wealth in the kingdom of God is credit cards. And I'm a living example right here in my past. I had to, I had to make a pledge before God that I'm not going to buy things that I can't afford, that I'm going to live within my means. And here's one more thing that has nothing that I haven't read it in the Bible. When it, when it comes to borrowing and lending. But I never want to see one single person here on the Judge Judy television show coming with a story that you lent some man money and now he, he's not paying it back. You know that you can't buy somebody's love? So that, was, that has nothing to do with nothing, but I'm just, if, if, if I see any of you on Judge Judy because you gave money to some guy, I'm coming after you. <laughs> In John chapter 6, Verse 5, 
It says, when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. You know that sometimes God asks questions that he already knows the answer to? He said, Adam, where are you hiding? He said, to, he said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? Well, sometimes God asks you questions to test you. And he asked Philip, well, how are we going to get the money? What are we going to do to feed these people to test him? And sometimes God will test you in your finances because he wants to see how faithful you are. So, sometimes you could pray. You're asking God, I need this money. I got to pay this bill. And sometimes the answer doesn't come in the time that you want it. And sometimes it's because God is testing you to see how faithful you're going to be. Are you going to start bringing out the credit cards? Are you, you going to stop believing him? Are you going to still worship him? Are you still going to praise him even, even if that money is withheld? See, we have to pass the tests of God. It doesn't, just because you've been asking God for something and it hasn't come yet, it doesn't mean he's saying no. Sometimes he doesn't answer because he's testing your heart, your faith, your character. See, God many times is more interested in what he's doing inside of you, teaching you patience, building character, building faith. Sometimes that's more important to him than whether or not you have more money in your bank account. So we want to pass God's test. We, we, we have to learn to wait on the Lord. Not just say, well, God, it's already two weeks. God didn't answer my prayer, so I'm going to do it my way. If you do that, God's going to have to keep testing you. Because we need to be found faithful. The next thing, John chapter 6, verse 12. When they all had enough to eat, Jesus said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. See, that's the next principle, is that we're called to be managers, or the Bible word is stewards, of, of what God has given us. We can't waste what he's given us. And you might be thinking, oh, but that's my money. I can do whatever I want with it. Well, who gave you the strength to wake up in the morning so that you could make the money? The, the Bible says that God, he gives us the power to make wealth. He gives you the health to go to work to, or, or to do whatever you need to do. The Bible says that everything in heaven and earth belongs to God, and God has given it to us to manage it. Not to waste it. Not, not to just throw it around. It says in James chapter 4, verse 2, 
You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. So you can pray sometimes. And if you've been throwing away the money that God's been giving you on foolishness and waste, he say, you're going to keep asking and he's not going to bless you. We've got to change our priorities, our ways of thinking. So I want you to hear a testimony right now about a man of God who made a decision that he was going to change his priorities and the way that he dealt with his money and the things that God gave him. So let's welcome Jeff today. Good morning, church. I'm a little nervous. Um, I was asked by Pastor Gary to come up and share about how my priorities have changed with spending money and the difference it made on my life. First, before I go on, I just want to take a second to tell you all who I am. My name is Jeff, and I'm married to Stephanie, who's sitting over there. And us and our two children have been attending this church for a little over a year now. In the past few years of my life, I used to be very selfish with my money and the things I chose to spend it on. I spent a good 10-plus years spending my money on nothing more than drugs or materialistic things that never truly satisfied me. I come from a family where I was taught at an early age about God and the importance of having a relationship with Him, so there was no excuses. I knew better. But as a hard-headed young guy, I, I used to spend, I used to choose to, spend, to be stubborn with the way I spent my money. I had my daughter right out of high school and my son a year later, so I was put to work pretty quick. As much as I knew I was supposed to tithe and be responsible with bills, I never did. I'd much rather either spend my money on either getting high or going out or the latest sneakers or clothes or other foolishness, living my life from check to check. Always behind on bills, always behind on rent. In result, I was going from job to job, not able to be stable in one place for longer than six months. I was living life without contentment. I was always driven for more, taking granted for what God has done. I knew God always had his hand on my family and I, but at that time I really didn't care. As a result, I became more lost in getting high with different types of drugs. It came to a point where I really didn't spend my money on anything else besides that. Yeah, I tried to quit a few times, but it never lasted. Deep down inside, I never truly wanted to leave that which resulted in me always being broke. My wife had been visiting this other church for a while, and after my father passed away, she invited me to visit, which I did, and at that time, it was just what I needed. I was still spending my money on all the wrong things, but my desire to serve God faithfully was increasing slowly. I say slowly because at the time, I wasn't ready to give up the desires of this world fully. Then, after a few years attending that church for personal reasons, I felt it was time to move on. So my wife and I started visiting Sanctuary last May. During this past year, I just felt God moving in me, changing my attitude and the way I was thinking, changing my desires from the things of this world to just trying to please Him in all I do. I felt so convicted because I was depending more on money and the pleasures of this world. Money was my God, and it replaced the Lord as the object of my attention and affection. Since then, I stand before you completely sober of everything I have...
and, I, and I have learned to put my priorities straight when it comes to spending money. I have learned to live with a spirit of contentment, to be able to wait for things, and while I wait, to thank God for what he has already provided. Don't get me wrong, I still love to splurge on certain things. Anyone that knows me knows I love buying clothes and sneakers, and I love to go out to eat. But I have learned to make sure first that my ties are set aside first thing with my checks, and make sure that my bills are paid first. Before I was so lost into having the nicest outfits or sneakers or just materialistic things to impress people. But now, hey, if I gotta choose between bills and that, it's my bills first. If I gotta choose between going to City Island for shrimp or tithing, I choose tithes. Because God has really blessed my wife and I. We got married when I was 19 years old and we are now going on 10 years married, which is a blessing right there. I have been blessed with two beautiful children and a great job. I was even blessed recently with a big raise in my job. I got, I, I'm blessed with my own car. I have, a, I have my own two-family house that my family gets to share with my sister and hers, so we always close. And I have a great mother who would do anything for me. And most of all, I thank God I never lack anything. Lastly, God wants, us, God wants to bless us financially. The issue is not that God doesn't want us to be rich. The issue is that money shouldn't be the main goal of our lives. And the love of money shouldn't overshadow the love for God. The number one desire of our lives should be to obey his will and to please God first rather than ourselves. Thank you. We have one more testimony. So let's welcome the father of the bride, Pastor George. Amen, amen. Good morning, church. You know, talking about money is very difficult for us. And, but, but it's so important. And I just want you to, if, if you've been kind of feeling a little uncomfortable, relax. There's not another offering coming. Everybody could just loosen up, amen? We're talking about this not because we want money, because you need this, amen? Because we need to, to understand the principles and have best practices with our finances. I want to tell you, um, I, I never would have imagined that I can testify about this or that I would even want to, this was always one of those areas in ministry I'd rather leave untouched because I didn't have any control over it yet, Amen? Anybody have areas like that in your life? Liars. Come on. There's certain areas that, oh, we're real strong and I'm an excellent worshiper. Oh, but don't talk to me about, you know. There's areas that God is working with us. Hey, God is working with me. Amen? Amen. We're all works in progress. So um, let me just tell you a, a quick history. When my, my wife and I, we've been broke as a joke for years and years and years and years. Can anybody relate? And so, you know, we started broke as a joke, and we continued broke as a joke for a long time. We were uh, serving the Lord, and, and, and I, I got like a dead-end job, but God opened the place because he knew that something would come from this. And so I started working as a clerk. I, uh, my check was $199, right? When we were, we were, I was bringing home a whopping $199. When, when I started, I was just married, just had a baby on the way. You, you can figure that out yourselves. And, um, but but God, God put me someplace, man, where he knew. And so fast forward, that same 
uh, company. Now, almost uh, 14 years later, I'm top of IT. I'm, I'm, I'm the head of IT in, in, in a certain area, making great money for the first time, you know, but we're still in a lot of debt because we had a lot of bad practices, right? And so I had a lot of debt, and so, um, but making good money, but how many of you know when you make more money, you spend more money? Bad practice, bad practice. You spend more, you, you make, you know, you, you, you make more, you spend more. And so we were, I was at a place, anyway, fast forward again, it's 9-11, goes down, and God calls me out full-time ministry. He says, it's time to leave your corporate job. It's time to leave. I said, but God, I'm getting bonuses now. I'm making good money now, God. This check is like, it's good now. I'm, I'm, I'm at a, I, you know, I climbed in this, in, in, in this position, and God said, listen, I brought you through all that, so don't, don't tell me what you did. You didn't do anything. You didn't go to college. You didn't, you didn't do nothing. You shouldn't have what you have. So I'm telling you now it's time to leave. I say, amen, God, I'm out. So we left full time. I took about a $40,000 pay cut. Leaving corporate, going into full-time ministry, working as a, as a youth minister in a program with World Vision. So $40,000 pay cut, and I still was carrying debt. So... The, 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 the whole thing about, you know, best practices is that I, I can tell you since for 24 years I've been serving the Lord, God has supplied all of my needs. Every single one of my needs. Where's the problem then? It's in my wants. I mean, you know, God will supply your needs. You have to learn how to give God your wants. And so because of my wants, it was always credit card. How many of you had a credit card that you maxed out to 10 grand? Right? Because that's usually the cap, you know? And you've been paying that 10 grand back for about six, seven years more, and it's still 10 grand. <laughs> right? There's three of us in here. Amen. Good. I'm talking to you guys. And so, I, you, you, you know how you transfer, you pay off one credit card with the other, and you transfer, and you think, oh, this is good because it's a lower interest rate. It's still 10 grand. Six years later, you're still paying that thing off, right? So, okay, fast forward. I'm going so fast forward that, you know, I got to catch up here. We start the sanctuary fellowship. God, God, God um, uh, surrounds me with an incredible team. The church is established. And God is telling me, okay, now it's time to go back into the workforce. And I said, God, come on. All my other pastor friends, they're leaving their jobs, going into full-time ministry. And now you want me to leave full-time ministry and go back into the workforce. I said, the church is growing. I, I got a lot of things, you know, happening. And, and God said, listen, I'm going to provide an opportunity for you. We're going to wipe out all that debt. Because now I was carrying about 20, some 20 plus in debt on credit cards, in loans. That's not counting the car that you're driving and the regular stuff that we have. This is credit card debt, right? And so I, I, I said, fine, God. And, and so I was willing. And here's, here's the best practice in finances. And, and God, you got to trust God. You have to trust God. And so God, I, so I said, God, I, I'm open. An opportunity opened up for me to go back into IT. Ten years later, if you know anything about information technology, ten years, you're a dinosaur already. What I was doing ten years ago in IT, people don't even know today because it's, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, you have to learn everything brand new. I said, God, if that's, you know, I don't have the training. I don't have the, but if that's what you want to do, I'll step out. And so... I applied, you know, a position opened up, I applied, and I didn't get it. 
And I said, God, why are you tease me like this? Anybody been there? You said, God, you, you asked me to walk through. I walked through and nothing happened. No, I ain't talking to nobody yet. So I walked through, nothing happened. And, but because I walked through that door, another opportunity opened up that wouldn't have opened up from where I were, was before. You know, sometimes you can't get to that door from here. You have to go through this door and through this door to then see that door. And that's how God works sometimes. So, so listen, best practices, amen? You got to trust God and walk through the doors and walk to the opportunities even when they don't pay off. Because it's a best practice and you have to say, God, I'm going to trust you. So, okay, fast forward again. Um, I, I get this amazing job. And I leave and, and, and I get this amazing job doing exactly what I was doing t over 10 years ago, making amazing money. And so the, 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 the temptation is, I'm making a lot more money now. What do we do? We buy a better car. We buy more clothes. We buy more things. We upgrade everything we ever had, right? Wrong practice. So God had already dealt with me for so many years. I, I've been broke for so many years. I didn't want to be broke anymore. Somebody say amen. amen. And God doesn't call us to be broken. This isn't about a prosperity gospel. You name it and claim it and God wants us to be rich. This isn't none of that nonsense. This is best practices for your finances. Amen? So, so God doesn't want us to be the, 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 the in debt and, and to be that kind of person. And so we said, all right, I'm making good money right now. I'm going to start paying off the debt. And so we started aggressively paying off debt. And it, I got to tell you, you can't imagine how good it feels when, when you talk to Citibank and you say, listen, brother, don't ever call me again. Here's the last payment. Amen? Here's the last payment. I know right now I'm paying off like my, my kids' bikes when they were, you know, the tricycle I bought for my daughter on credit at, on Toys R Us. I know I just finished paying off diapers probably, and my kids are in their 20s now, amen? But that's what credit card debt will do to you. You pay that thing again and again and again, and God, want, God doesn't want that for us. Somebody say amen. amen. So, okay, so... Uh, best practice, step out and trust God. God provides for us. And I, I, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm so blessed to be able to tell you today, after I've been at this job almost three years, I've paid off every credit card debt that I ever had. But here's the thing. You look at me outside and you say, yeah, but he's still driving a Hyundai. He ain't balling. Yeah, but I don't have credit card debt. You go ahead and drive your Lexus. <laughs> you drive your Benz. And, and that's good if you can afford it. If you can pay it off, get it, man. That, that's awesome. I'm, we're not talking nothing bad about that. That's awesome. If you can afford it, if you can pay it, you can buy it. Amen? But, but don't. I could have gotten this job and, say, and looked at the first check and said, well, I can afford $600 now a month for a car. But that would, I'd still be in debt. You understand? Okay, so I'm sorry. I don't want to, I'm supposed to take two minutes. But I'm blessed to be able to tell you the credit card debt is gone. And the biggest blessing in my life right now is that I was able to give my daughter an incredible wedding. An incredible wedding. The best time I ever had at a wedding. And paid it cash. Paid it cash. And I want to tell you, that's what God wants for you. 
I'm not. And, and understand, I, I'll make this clear. This ain't church money. I had to work. I'm working, okay? So don't think, oh, that's my tithes, paying off his daughter wedding. No. <laughs> my wife is working. She got a master's degree, got an incredible job, and, and we work. And God provides, and we step out, and we work, and then when we use it wisely, when we give, when we're givers, you can't outgive God. And so everything we've ever given to people, we used to give people with our credit cards. We, I'm not encouraging this, but we would give people because we knew they didn't have, but we didn't have. We're buying it on credit card. You, you understand? But God sees that heart, and God rewards a heart, and, and man, God is awesome. Come on. So that's best practices for finances. Come on. Pastor George men mentioned the last of the best practice, and that's giving. Say, how did the, how did the um, provision come to the 12 disciples? They took what they had, and they gave it out. They fed the people, and it says that there was more than enough left for them. There's power in giving. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will, will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your own heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. In the kingdom of God, it's the total opposite of the world. In the world, I'm important because of what I have. I'm considered less if your house is nicer than mine. But in the kingdom of heaven, the blessing comes if I take what I have, I give it out. And that's when it comes back. It pours over me. Every need provided. I'm not talking just about giving in the offering, though that's important. I give 10% of everything I receive. But the Bible says that it's not good enough if a brother or sister in the Lord comes to you and says, I'm hungry, I'm in need, and you just say, oh, I hope everything goes good with you. I'll be praying, see you next week. Why would God bless you if you're not willing to be a blessing? Christianity is not what you've seen on TV. I'm embarrassed when I put on Christian television. And the, every message is all about how I can be blessed, how I can have more. And I pray that you are fully prosperous, blessed, running over. But that's not what you've been put here for. The Bible says that where your, where your treasure is is where your heart is. That's what, that's what God looks at. What are you living for? If you're living for that big car that Pastor George mentioned, don't expect the blessings to flow from heaven. Uh, You've got to live for God. 
See, we don't talk a lot about heaven and eternity because a lot of, we're more concerned about here and now. But Jesus said, don't store up your treasures on earth. But every time you obey God, every time you give, every time you worship, God is taking true treasure and there up in heaven, he's putting it aside for you where nobody could steal it. See, my father, who left when I was young, and he became rich, and he said, I'm going to follow the American dream. And he worked 16 hours a day so that he could retire with, with a lot of money. And finally he did. He bought this big, beautiful house. He even owns his own beach in Long Island. And a year later he died. It was all lost. And he has nothing for eternity. He, he gave it all to collect things for himself here on earth. On the other hand, my mother, who I lived with, she was on welfare. She was broke. She was an alcoholic. She was mocked and ridiculed. But a few months before she died, she gave her heart to Jesus Christ. And right now, she's got all the blessings. She didn't have it down here. See, that's not what this life is about. But at the same time as I say that, I believe God has much more for you than where you're living at right now. There's more blessing. There's prosperity. I believe God wants you to live in a place where there's always more than enough. No more lack. Some of you be, need to follow that dream that you've had for many years and step out of that boring job. Begin to make plans to start that business. Go to get trained. Do, do what God called you to do. In God's timing and with wisdom. It says in Psalm 37, you know what God said? That even if there's famine, even if the economy crashes, that for you there's always more than enough. There is no lack in the kingdom of God. So you've got to change your mindset. Stop expecting nothing. Start expecting the blessing. Let's start putting ourselves in order. So here's how I want to close. I want to ask for the prayer team to come up quickly. Even, even though it's hard, please come quickly. And here, here so the prayer team is going to be here. And on this side, I'm going to ask for Pastor Ephraim to come. Gretchen, if you could come on this side. And Alice, Bert. If you know that you have a calling... For the music industry, for fashion, for design, for art, for creative arts, that that's your passion. When we pray, I'm going to ask you to come up here and they're going to they're lay hands on you and release that over you. And on this side, I, we want to begin to pray. We're going to cancel debt today. We're going to 
believe that lack is ending in your life, poverty is going, and that your vats, the Bible says, will be overflowing. Every need provided. We, we, we don't want God's people to live in struggle. Do you know why? Because God is a generous God. But we got to do our part. So if you're saying today, I, I want to live in that overflow, I want to live in that place of more than enough, I'm going to ask you to stand right now. If you're saying, I want God to bless my finances, maybe you got just a little. That's all it took. All they had was two loaves, two fish and five loaves, and God multiplied it. So right now, in Jesus' name, I release over you that multiplication anointing. Now, in Jesus' name, I plead the blood of Jesus over your bank account, over your wallet. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you that every debt is canceled and that your people, Lord God, are blessed. So we're going to play a song, and those who are standing, we just want you to come up just for a quick prayer of agreement that, the, that you're not going to live anymore in, in the place of not having enough, that you're going to live in overflow, abundance of heaven, that the provision of heaven is in place. So we're going to start the song, and I'm going to invite you to come. We're just going to pray quick prayers.